ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Well, hello there. Welcome to Beyond Synth. This is episode 236, and I am your host, Andy. Now, that sounds all wrong. Have I ever started the show like that? And I'm your host, Andy. That's weird. Uh, Look, today on the show, we got Occam's Laser. And uh, we had a really uh, funny conversation. I actually just listened back as... um, Of course, I listened back as I was editing it. But we recorded this before all the shit went down, you know? And so since then, I've been recording slightly shorter interviews so I could fit more guests per show. And then I kept on holding off on editing this one because it's a regular length interview. Um, But then I finally decided, well, I can't hold off on it too long or else that's sort of weird that (laughs) like seven months later, I end up playing this interview. So, uh, but no, it's a good time. So you will enjoy that. We're going to listen to some music first, as always. And uh, that's what we're going to do today on Beyond Synth with your host. Andy. So look, let's listen to some music here and get this thing started. Uh, So this is an awesome track from Let's Talk. It's from their album I Can't Sleep, But I Can Dream. And uh, I really enjoyed this one. This is Star Shaker by Let's Talk. Felt less so 
And that was Let's Talk with the track Star Shaker. And uh, that's a really cool song, man. I like that a lot. I Can't Sleep But I Can Dream is the name of the album. And uh, that, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, We got some new ones. We got a new $5 donor here, uh, Tron Javolta. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Tron Javolta. So thanks, Tron Javolta. You're a cool guy. And uh, new $10 donor, Lucas Smith, who, of course, is Robots with Ray Guns. You know him. He makes uh, awesome music. He's been on this show a whole bunch of times. So thanks, Lucas, uh, for your support. And uh, you should go check out the music of Robots with Ray Guns. I think he has a Patreon as well. We were talking about that. I believe he has some NSFW content on his, which I guess is a, a good technique. I don't really provide uh, NSFW content on my Patreon, but uh, it would be very disappointing if I did. All right, so we had a new donor last week called uh, Floppy Flap Flicker or whatever, but then he was upset because he really wanted a different name, and he wrote me this letter, because I guess with Patreon, you know, you can change your name here. So he says, Hey Andy, I'm incredibly confused. Here is a story for full context. When I originally created my Patreon account to become a Beyond Synth Patterson, I was asked to input a name. I thought, you know what, maybe I'll pick a silly alias like many of the other Pattersons. During contemplation, I was brought back to fond childhood memories when I addictively enjoyed flicking three and a half inch floppy disc flaps, much like clicking pens or cracking fingers. Therefore, I chose the silly name Floppy Flap Flicker and continued to enter it into the text box, unknowingly to me, incorrectly, as Floppy Flap Filker. Upon completion of the Patreon account, I continued my mission to donate to Beyond Synth. I was then issued the task of selecting a donation tier, which required comparing the price to the rewards value to my financial situation. This was too much information to process that night, so I went to bed. As the weeks passed by, I was feeling guilty that I continued to freeload Beyond Synth and that I was procrastinating to support it. I thought to myself, the world is ending, so support Beyond Synth already before it's too late. So I went home from work that day, logged on to Patreon, and noticed my incorrectly spelled name. As I proceeded to edit the name to correct it, I changed my mind. I no longer wanted to be known as a silly guy. Instead, I now had the desire to be known as a cool guy. Another contemplation session occurred, and I decided to change my name to Energon Cubes, a reference to the hit 80s children's cartoon that Andy and I enjoy called the Transformers. Surely he will think that that name is cool, I thought. So that's what I changed it to. I remember confirming that I changed it by refreshing the page multiple times. Then I proceeded to complete the steps to become a Beyond Synth Patterson. The next week, I play the latest episode at work like I usually do, and to my astonishment, Andy introduces me as my old and incorrectly spelled name that I thought I changed. I was questioning my sanity the rest of the day. That evening when I arrived home, I log on to Patreon, and sure enough, the name wasn't changed. I was baffled. Is my brain malfunctioning, I thought? Did I hallucinate changing my name? Was I dreaming? I did not come to any logical conclusions, but my best theory, which is currently keeping my brain from entering safe mode, is that it was a glitch in the Matrix. I then decide to write a three-paragraph-long story to inform Andy of the situation and to ask him if he has any other theories that may clear up my confusion. Well, that was a great letter, dude. (laughs) 
Why can't all my listeners be this articulate? Instead, I just get all my listeners writing me fucking half-baked text messages about how they like to pick their nose. So uh, I'm glad uh, you wrote that lovely story. And I can report that your name has officially been changed, so I guess it worked. So thank you, Energon Cubes, for your support of Beyond Synth. Now let's listen to some more music. Here's a cool one from Corp86. This is Flying High. And that was Flying High by Corp86 
from the album Rise of Neon, which I believe is a compilation album. You know, you can check out all the artists I feature on the show because I post all their links in the information section on SoundCloud. And also, if you follow me on Twitter or Facebook, I post all the links to the artists so you can go check out their tunes and support them. Like these awesome people support Beyond Synth. Well, there's the kings of the Pattersons, Robert D. Bishop, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima. These guys are the kings of the Pattersons for a reason, because they are kings, and they uh, help support the show. And I hope you guys are all doing okay. I know, Mike Shima, I added you on uh, the Switch, but I don't think I visited your island yet in uh, Animal Crossing. But I will, man, I will. And Chris Dance, what's going on with you, man? Are you, uh... Are you still fabricating with metal, or are you at home fabricating with metal? And Robert D. Bishop, I haven't heard from you in a while, man. It's a trendy thing right now to have Zoom meetings. Maybe one of these days I'll have a Zoom meeting with all of the patrons so that Google can see all your pretty faces. It's Google that owns it, right? Why did Zoom get so big all of a sudden? Like, you can do multi-calls with, like, Skype and stuff, so I don't know what, what happened. Like, Zoom just popped out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, like... Within a day, everyone's just, like, talking about their funny Zoom stories and, like, posting funny Zoom videos. I'm like, that was fast. Like, I never even fucking heard of Zoom. Then all of a sudden, it's just the way everyone communicates. I'm not too big into trends. Anyways, let's listen to some more tunes, okay? So here's one from Dashcam, which uh, features Max Thor, which is cool. So you get a nice two for one here. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jacob Wick with the 4488 and City Hunter with the 42. And uh, in the 2666 Club, Lucas Ceballos and Hugh Hefner. And uh, this track is by Dashcam. It is called Shades, and it features Max Thor.
And that was Shades by Dashcam featuring Max Thor. You know, Max Thor's got a new album out too. You should go check that out and go check out Dashcam. Check out everybody, all right? And that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Restless Nights, A Star Apart, Alex Selickson, and Clint Dowling. And I hope you guys are all doing well and being safe and uh, washing your hands and all that stuff. I watched the Sonic movie and uh, it was okay. I think the issue is we're so inundated with bad video game movies that when one is okay everyone gets all excited uh you know it's like oh sonic was actually like a good video game movie i'm like yeah it was fine (laughs) i was actually surprised at how small stakes the movie was if you actually think about it like for the people who watch the movie it really takes place in a very few locations and with very few characters so in that respect i just feel like the entire budget was all about the animation of Sonic, because, like, the movie took place mostly in James Marsden's living room, inside Dr. Robotnik's van, there was a police station set, which was just a room, then there was the rooftop of the building, which was, again, like a little tiny cement floor set, like on a green screen, and what else? A field, like the baseball field, and then a biker bar. It's odd because the movie sort of positions itself like it's a road trip kind of movie, like we gotta get to San Francisco, but then really once they actually get in the car, there's a sort of action scene on the highway, they go to a biker bar, and then they're in San Francisco. And then really there's only like five main characters in the film, right? There's Sonic, there's James Marsden, his wife, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's assistant, and then that's like it. Like, that's the movie. I just think, you know, when it comes to video game movies, especially like the mascot ones, like I know they're doing like a Mario Brothers movie now as well, it's like you have the opportunity to go really grand with these things. I mean, like, think about Sonic the game. Like, he's going to all these different worlds. He's uh, fighting these giant robots and stuff. And, I mean, in the movie, you get the idea that he can teleport to different places. But, you know, the movie just takes place on Earth. And so, I just think it could be bigger. But it was fine, and it had some funny moments. Anyways, uh, look, let's listen to some more tunes. I want to listen to this one by Downtown Binary. Because it's a cool song. And it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Pattern Shift, Johnny Five, Tim Carlton and Honeybeard. And I hope you guys are all doing awesome because you are awesome. So here is a track by Downtown Binary. This is Lost.
And that was Lost by Downtown Binary. And that was a cool song, man. And it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $25 Club, there's Ken Giroux, Blake Peterson, Gregorio Franco, Kempson, and Martin Larby. I appreciate all your support very much. And I hope you are all doing as well as can be under the circumstances. The circumstances are there's a pandemic. Which, to be honest, this terrifies me. Uh, but I've been staying inside and uh, <laughs> dipping my hands in bleach. So that's what <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do, right? Uh, it's not even actually funny because there's probably idiots out there. Who, well, there is. <sighs> Listen, man, I don't talk about this a lot on the show, my personal beliefs, uh, mainly because I like to keep the show fun and entertaining. But uh, just so you know, I am a man of science. By that, I just mean I'm not a scientist. I'm just like, you know, I just read science news, okay? And so, for all of you out there who um, are uh, going to weird parts of the internet with, uh, you know, theories of what's going on and all this, um, try to just stick to science news, all right? It's way more helpful. Because if you fucking pass along some stupid message that's like, hey, man, the government doesn't want you to know that if you fucking drink bleach, it fucking cures corona, like, you know, do some thinking. <laughs> Do some critical thinking and go, um, what's the mechanism? Why would that solve this problem? And isn't that poison? I, I've been sent messages and I've seen things on Facebook and Twitter where people will post, like, things like that and think it's true. Or they'll have these really simple solutions to the problem. You know, they'll be like, you know, if you gargle with salt water, that kills it. This is a fucking biological agent that was designed in a lab and this is how you defeat it. I'm like, so you think that <laughs> they... Just use some critical thinking. When people are just like, oh yeah, it was designed to fucking kill billions of people, but it can be cured with salt water. Like, that seems like a big flaw in the plan, doesn't it? Anyway, look, we're going to talk no more about this. Just science news, okay? There's lots of great science websites. You know, critical thinking. Things like that. You know, when someone sends you a weird article, here's a fun idea. Look at the website it came from. If you don't recognize the website, find out what it is. Because, you know, people have agendas. And you'll often find that if you just research a website a little bit, you'll go, Oh, I see. Like, this website has a heavy political angle. And what a curious thing that they're posting these types of articles. Um, if it ever says, like, a scientist has said this, research the scientist. See what other things they've said. All right? See if this is a pattern of behavior for this person. If they say there's a paper, see if you can find a link to the paper. And then see where that paper is posted. Is it actually posted in a reputable science journal, or is it posted on some fucking weird website? Has it been reviewed by other scientists? My rule of thumb is, if I don't understand what I'm reading, then I'm not going to share it with somebody. So if someone posts an article that's got a bunch of fucking gibberish in it, and like, I don't get what I'm reading, but the headline seems exciting, I'm not going to post it because I don't understand... There's nothing more frustrating to me than when people post stuff they didn't read. It just puts misinformation and bad ideas out there, all right? So that was Andy's Soapbox. Uh, let's listen to some more music. This is an interesting one from uh, an artist called Tame Werewolf from the album Secrets of Love. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Ashley Keegan with the 2049 and Andy's Laugh with the 20. And of course, Rachel Buchelman with the 1985 and Murat with the 19. 1984, and uh, this is Tame Werewolf with Secrets of Love. Mm-hmm. 
And that was Secrets of Love by Tame Werewolf from the album Secrets of Love. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $15 Club. There's Prophet of Jupiter, Six Mill, Hampus ML, and Chatterack. And I hope you guys are doing all right. You know, Prophet of Jupiter, Prophet of Jupiter. <laughs> Prophet of Jupiter makes music. Uh, you can go check out. He's got a band camp. What the hell is this band camp called? Prophetofjupiter.bandcamp.com. So go check him out. I just like when people check things out. Like when ladies check out my sweet buns. <laughs> what? <laughs> sweet buns. So look, uh, we'll listen to one more track and then we'll go chat with Occam's Laser. But I, uh, what's that? Is there, is there blood moon rising? Huh. Well, it looks like it's time for the donation of the bees. Hey, we haven't done this in a while. This is where I thank all of my listeners who donate the 666. Satan! These people are dark souls, but they also like to support Beyond Synth and listen to fun tunes. And so I'd like to thank them for their support of Beyond Synth with the triple six. There's Jeremy L. Corp. Cat Punk, Night Ride FM, Owen Magali, Sandbox General, Newmark, Abashed Pudding, Dobrotech, Replicant 69, Trippy, Artificial, Philip Back, Luke Timmermans, Love Machines, From X, Alexandro Samaras, Zayon B, Tomas Shimanek, Street Cleaner, Pooh in an alleyway, Till Wild, Ross Pentland, and Zychorax. And we'll wind it down with the Polar Wildcat Studios with the 617. And I want to thank you all for supporting Beyond Synth with the Triple Six Satan. And now, let's listen to another track. This is by, I'm assuming this is pronounced Sonic Hertz. Because it's HZ, which is the short form for Hertz, right? I'm assuming it's not Sonic HZ. Um, so look, this is from the Sewer Skaters album that Retro Promenade put out. Uh, Promenade? Promenade. Promenade. Pro- you know, it's it's Mike. <laughs> Modern Nightly has a label called Retro Promenade. And, uh, Promenade. And uh, they put out a compilation album called Sewer Skaters, which is based on Ninja Turtles. It's a Ninja Turtles themed compilation album. You can check that out at retropromenade.bandcamp.com, I believe is the address. I hope it is. Uh, and this is a track that I dug. This is from Sonic Hertz. This one's called Message from Splinter.
And that was Message from Splinter by Sonic Hertz from the Sewer Skaters album, which is a Ninja Turtles-themed compilation, which you can pick up on Retro Promenade. And uh, I hope you do. It's a good time, man. Lots of fun tunes on there. If you like fun tunes, that is. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Mads, Baron Christensen, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And, uh... Yeah, I think maybe we can just go chat with uh, Occam's Laser now. So let's go. All right, well, I'm here right now with Occam's Laser, a.k.a. Tom. Hello. It's not a secret that your name is Tom, is it? Yeah, it's never been a secret, really. I'm not someone who hides behind a mask too much. Hmm. Too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, everyone hides behind a keyboard nowadays. <laughs> Do you consider the keyboard your mask? Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of gives you more options in life. You don't actually have to meet people and do things now. It's quite magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're all sort of antisocial, I guess. Depends what mood I'm in. Yeah, but I mean, you meet more people, but you don't meet any people. <laughs> yeah, it's really odd. I think that's why it is fun to actually go out and attend the actual synthwave events that happen and stuff, because yeah. it is weird to have so many virtual friendships. Like, I think I'm just, I'm not i am not like an old man, but I since I come from a time before, you know, the internet became uh, such a big thing, it's weird to me when so many relationships are virtual it's it's odd yeah i think i actually stopped going to as many gigs when the internet got bigger so it was like i went out less because you could see more like you could see a gig online let's say on youtube or whatever so you'd feel like you didn't need to go to the thing in the first place yeah i guess it just depends on the nature of the the events too like i, I do like to go out and and chat with people and that seems to be my favorite part of going to these events like it's not even really about the music which is sort of why i don't really begrudge the producers who are just like a dude on stage with a laptop like i know some people have like an issue with that and for me it's like i don't really care so much because i'm sort of just there to like actually chat with them plus with this sort of genre of music you kind of have to expect that you can't play 15 instruments all at once so there's always going to be an element that it's not all live i wish there was like a one-man band synthwave guy i mean like uh, okay to be fair a lot of them are one-man bands but i mean you know like when the guy's got the string where he's like pulling the drums and yeah you want cymbals on the knees and things yeah (laughs) that's what i want Someone's got to make that happen. You want someone with a bass drum on their back, a keyboard on their hands, and a harmonica. Is that is that what you kind of want from a live event? Is the harmonica a big instrument in the, uh, in hey, the synth wave? I think it should be. It should, well, digital <laughs> harmonica. Or there must be a way to connect some sort of harmonica to like a vocoder type thing, you know, like where you, you blow into it. There is something like that. It's like it's got a tube and then it's got a keyboard in the end. And I can't remember what it's called. Ah, oh, fuck. But yeah. Yeah, you're right. There is that thing. It's called like a melodrone or something or a melodrone. I have yeah, I have no idea. Ah, oh, damn. I might it. just be making up words now. No, this is going to be one of those things where people are going to be in the comments like, it's called a fucking whatever, you idiot, like I'm supposed to know. <laughs> There's this awesome little video of uh, the the Radiophonic Workshop, uh, workshop the, the, <laughs> the Radiophonic Workshop at the BBC, and it's got a video from the 80s of the guy doing the Doctor Who theme. Okay. And to do the doo-wee-oo, it's him actually like singing it into a microphone, and it's like running through the vocoder. And I can't remember if in that video, 
he also has the thing you blow into. It looks like a, it's a big fat straw. Yeah. I've seen it played on a massive stage before. Like, big bands have used them. And I can't remember one off the top of my head. But God, This is going to be a... <laughs> it looks like... It's almost like a joke instrument. It looks like a kid's toy in a, in a way, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bizarre. What would I type in? I'm going to go into the search because I feel like we got to resolve this for <laughs> this episode. Um, I guess blowing into a keyboard. Blowing into a keyboard. Oh, Christ. Turn off safe search. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you took the joke out of my mouth. That's exactly yeah. what uh, Safe search is on moderate. Melodica. Melodica. Okay, um, yeah. The melodica is a free reed instrument similar to the pump organ and harmonica. It has a musical keyboard on top. It is played by blowing air through a mouthpiece that fits into a hole in the side of the instrument. There you go. Melodica. You know that, like, the price of them is just going to skyrocket after this episode airs. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing, uh, I think I said this on one of the shows earlier, but uh, it's just turning safe search off because you can type in anything <laughs> and you will inevitably get some sort of, <laughs> like, pornographic image. Yeah, someone's put it somewhere. Let's see. So I've turned safe search. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, it's, oh, it's, it's like a game because I always I always go like how many images will it be before so we've got well actually the first image just a lady playing a melodica and then it takes six rows down before we get to uh, now this is just okay all right so we're gonna close that and uh, focus and on now you're on a watch list yeah. <laughs> Well, geez, if, if if all it takes is to look at images like that tamed to be on a list, then I think we're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how's it going, man? Yeah, all good. Just surviving. Yeah? Yeah, winter is never ending. But uh, your winter is more just sort of rainy, isn't it? Yeah, okay, fair enough. I'm, I, I am sort of bitching to someone who probably has to deal with snow, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just a bit windy here, but that's that's <laughs> annoying enough. Well, I know, but I think what people forget is sometimes the relentlessness, re- relentlessness, fuck, the relentlessness of bad weather. Because, uh, like in Canada, I'm in Ontario, so I'm in the middle. We used to have sort of regular weather cycles, but um, the climate is changing, and now. Uh, Everything's been shifted like a month and our winter is all messed up. So like, you know, it goes warm, then it gets cold again. And then so we'll have like ice and stuff because it'll melt, but then freeze the next day, which causes lots of weird problems. Vancouver traditionally has nicer weather than us, but it rains a lot more. And so, you know, I think sometimes that gets people down when like it's not necessarily cold, but like it's raining all the time is uh, and you're you're in England, right? So that's a thing there. Yeah, we're kind of infamous for rain. And it's just like, if it's a rainy day, you just feel like you don't even want to go outside in the first place. Yeah, no, I know that feeling. Which is why I have so many indoor hobbies. That's a safe way of kind of living, isn't it, really? But I guess you have to where you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've got to have a backup plan, because otherwise you're just screwed from the start. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, as a kid, it, it was a lot more fun to play in the snow. But as an adult, I just can't deal with snow at all. Yeah, you, you actually like feeling your fingertips. Yeah, man. As a kid, it was so much fun, like, going out in the wintertime and playing like that was just it was something you really got excited to do and now I just fucking can't do it yeah but as you get older it's the knowledge that a fall could be your last thing that happens yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and be such a lame way. And, like, the problem is that is the way people go over here, man. Like, shoveling yeah. snow and having heart attacks and stuff. And like He died doing what he loved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being really annoyed and shoveling. Yeah, it sucks because there's, like, uh, yeah, that would just be really disappointing. I mean, if there was an afterlife and, and you could look down and watch what happened to you, you know, just, like, 
Did I just slip in the walkway? Like, that's how I went? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's not a graceful way to go, is it? No. I mean, there's worse. I mean, you could go out doing the old uh, exfixy wank or whatever. and like that. <laughs> so, I guess I'd rather this slip on a... This is very true. <laughs> you went down a slippery slope from childhood playing in the snow to exfixy wank. <laughs> <laughs> I love that phrase. Um... Well, look, listen, this is an odd way to sort of segue to music, but you are Occam's Laser, and you have made a lot of music, which made it very difficult to sort of uh, select songs, so I might even elicit your help in terms of uh, ones you want to play, but when you started off, it was more, I guess, like traditional kind of synthwave stuff, Yeah, and then you sort of got into the kind of the darker things, and the the Satan, and the (laughs) stuff, as you went along. It's the natural progression. Yeah, I'm still. I'm going to play some tracks from the early years to get people like up to speed, and then we'll sort of kind of work our way through various tracks as we go because you put out a lot of stuff. I've put out as many songs as you've got episodes of of your podcast. Yeah, no, there's quite a few. So who's more prolific, really? Yeah. I think- <laughs> Well, no, because when I, you know, when I go through people's uh, stuff and I try and pick songs with your catalog, it was very similar to you know when I go through like Celerect LA Dreams or something, where you go through yeah. the Bandcamp and it's just like, oh, there's like a new album like every month for like a little while. And I mean, it wasn't that crazy, but it was still there was quite a few releases. Yeah. So this, uh, I want to play this one from uh, Mnemonic Possession. This was from 2015. This was a track called Promises by Occam's Laser.
right, and that was Promises by Occam's Laser. Hello. From the album Mnemonic Possession. I'm here with Occam's Laser right now, Tom. So what was it that uh, changed in your heart? Because you started uh, making the synth stuff, and then and then you sort of went into the, uh, into the darker stuff. So what happened to you, man? I'd love to say it was something like I had a call from some Jehovah's Witnesses... And they just pissed me off. Well, you can say that now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that now, but that's that's not the true story. I kind of was just getting really bored of making happy music. Sure. And that sounds like the most depressing thing ever. But I've I've always said making kind of more aggressive, darker music is way more therapeutic. And it's almost like that makes me happier. It's, it's almost like a punching bag, I guess. It's you take your aggression out and therefore you're less aggressive in real life. Like people do that same thing with video games and things like that. But yeah, that's my outlet, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I never thought of it that way because sometimes I guess there's some people who make happy music because it's like, what's that thing? Uh, they tell you to do it. You'll feel better if you just smile, even if you're not feeling like smiling. You, if you just walk around and like smile, it like does something to your endorphins and like makes you happier and maybe there's a an aspect of that and with the people who make like really happy music almost like fake it till you make it but with smiling i believe there is some science to it although to be honest i never really read the articles so like it could be bullshit <laughs> but you know but the idea is you know if you walk around being happy then then you'll be happier yeah so there might be an aspect of that with the people who make happier music but i think i sympathize more with the the needing an outlet thing yeah for their rage and i, I don't know if it was also a, a bit of a coincidence that my music kind of got darker when I got into a relationship with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. Ooh! <laughs> Wait, no, that's not new. Whatever. No. Like, usually it's like, you say something salacious, but you just said like, oh, I got a girlfriend and I got married. Uh, yeah, natural progression yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think my last release before I sort of went a bit darker was uh, Force Majeure, and there's a few songs on that EP that are dedicated to my girlfriend at the time, now wife. So then like the release after, it was just like a complete change. I needed to completely start again and try something new, I think, and it seemed to work out, so I've continued down that dark path. Although I always get people bitching and moaning about, oh, when are you going to go back? And I keep thinking, well, I haven't done that music since 2016, so you might be holding your breath a while. It's funny to me when people want that. You know, like when they like an artist and an artist sort of like morphs around and then someone's just like, do what you were doing before. Like, it's just, it's a funny thing. It's like you're a monkey doing tricks or something. Yeah, it's like they've never heard the word progression. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting to me because especially with this scene, like there's so many artists and to me, it's more interesting to see what people evolve into. Even if they evolve into stuff that I like not as much, I still think that's important for any sort of person if they're if they're making any kind of art i mean you have to be happy doing what you're doing like it would suck if you were just making the music that people wanted you to make but you actually didn't enjoy doing it like that would be really shitty yeah if it was killing us inside it would just be a complete waste of time for everyone yeah and um i think that is the other thing isn't it is that there's so many artists in this scene that it kind of helps you if you've got a little bit more breathing space and you don't feel like you have to make certain sounds or use certain instruments i know it, it means that you might be alienated alienating a lot of your fan base originally at least but you end up finding new fans what does your wife think of all this she's like oh there's tom in the studio again making satan music like with <laughs> i've got six hours to watch whatever i fucking like on tv yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no she's always been great so I, I yeah i can't complain about her in the slightest um she's been very supportive <laughs> that's a shame usually what i like with this show is for people to come on and vent about their wives or husbands <laughs> Because I threw the addendum in there of going like, and husbands, and I'm thinking now, like, what are the female synthwave artists I know that are actually married? 
one, two, maybe? See, that's a weird one, isn't it? Is it that a lot of singers who get married stop singing? Being in any sort of relationship is always, I guess, tricky when it comes to the art, depending on where you meet the person, right? Did you meet them and they knew you were an artist when you met? Or did you, like, discover it as you were, you know, if you're already in the relationship? Because it can, you know, it depends. If you all of a sudden discover a hobby and you're in, like, a loving relationship and then your hobby is, like, you hiding away in a room on a laptop or something. Exfixable wanking. Yeah, yeah. Well, a <laughs> Being an artist or making music, you know, you have to be a bit self-involved and you have to sort of shy away from talking to real people sometimes. So if you've got someone who understands that and they don't mind that you need a bit of time just to figure things out and you need time to think on your own and it's not that you're just trying to avoid them. I think that's the critical thing It's that making music does take a long time and it, it can seem like a very isolating thing to do. Yeah, I think it's just important that uh, you have a partner who has their own interests and hobbies or just can keep themselves busy like I think it's different if because I know some people are like when they're in a relationship where the other person really like it's like their hobby is the other person and so if you if you go away to do work or you you go to do something it's like the other person's almost jealous that you're just not spending the time with them and then but that's not a healthy relationship I'm describing but it happens yeah and also a key thing is if you can pay the bills yeah (laughs) nobody's gonna bitch about that yeah Yeah, one of these days I'm going to pay the bills and it's going to feel really good. I've been waiting for that day. I'm going to feel like a (laughs) grown-up. Look, I want to listen to more music. We're going to move ahead here to um, The Road to Fury. So just for people who are like fans of Occam's Laser, I am skipping over releases because there's so many. Like there's just, I got to... Yeah, there's, there's like 24 albums, I think. Yeah, so I, I just had to make <laughs> some decisions here. We're still in the year 2015, and uh, this is a track called The Vermin Have Inherited the Earth. Nice and cheery. By Occam's Laser.
that was Occam's Laser with the track The Vermin Have Inherited the Earth. And I'm here right now with Occam's Laser Tom. Hello. So what's this album about vermin have inherited the earth? So I am a massive fan of the old uh, Mad Max films and and the new film, um, or newest film. I mean, it was quite a while ago now. Yeah. But I wrote this album and I wanted to get it out a few weeks before the new film came out. Um, and my idea was, oh, yeah, great. There'll be loads of people searching for Mad Max. That didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I had to like guess from snippets on the Wikipedia page of what characters were going to be like in the new film and things. And there's a few tracks that are like, there's one named Furiosa. And I had no idea who she was going to be or whatever. So it has absolutely zero content association really with Mad Max. Nice. Some of the songs were more based on like Mad Max 2. And it's a fun kind of idea to start a um, album around because it's it's just kind of manic um not very australian i didn't use any australian instruments or anything because i didn't want it to sound too cliche but um what australian instruments are there there's like that twanging one i can't even think what it's called whoa the didgeridoo is that australian or new zealand didgeridoo didgeridoo is definitely australian but there's there's one like it's where you put like a reed in your mouth and you you flick it i can't remember what it's called <laughs> yeah you know the sound of it. Uh, there should be a, a synthery do or something, you know, where it's like like the melodica, but it's a. <laughs> that's it. It's called the synthery do. All right, so that's my joke. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> what sound would this synthery do make? Um, wow, I don't know. This makes the same sound as the other thing. <laughs> you've, you've pretty much just summed up every song that you're now going to play from now on that's that's made by me as well so yeah i hope so <laughs> this is gonna be the new sound you've been looking for <laughs> when everyone's goes like oh why don't you go back and make the old kind of stuff and then like oh i've got some new exciting stuff on the table fucking <laughs> stupid oh dude you know what? i'm gonna have to now go on ebay and and buy a, a melodica later i know i know that's gonna happen well i wonder if you can get you know in the same way you can get like a midi controller yeah uh, i wonder if you can get like a usb melodica straw that you just sort of plug in <laughs> and like it it connects to your daw and yeah. Hey, what did you do last night? Oh, I just blew a straw into my computer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like saying that. It's almost less embarrassing if you had just been asphyxy wanking. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I wanna, I'm glad I'm making that the theme of this episode. <laughs> you should have gone and done some uh, search engine optimization and renamed your tracks so that they were very specifically about the new film, like once it came out. Yeah. And then, you know, you go back in and like, Furiosa's metal arm. Weird fat ladies <laughs> being milked. Uh, oh, that's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only saw I, it I, once. I, that's, that, that's the stuff that stands out for me is a truck chase. Yeah. Guy playing guitar on strings, women being milked, people spray painting silver stuff on their faces. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, Viking wording they use, like uh, they say Valhalla a lot and uh, witness me. Again, this is back way too early in my I was almost going to say career. I guess it is a career. <laughs> but I was making very brash decisions. And so all of these ideas you've got are way too, you know, high echelon of, of thinking for me back then. To be fair, like, I'm not really too good at SEO now. I know I know that SEO is a thing, and I know it stands for search engine optimization, yeah. but I couldn't tell you the next step involved in implementing any of those ideas, just that that's a thing that exists. Well, I, I accidentally did a bit of that by not having a apostrophe in my name. 
that made it like 20% more likely to be found. Ah. And I know that makes it completely the wrong English, pretty much. It's spelt wrong <laughs> completely. But That's a good point, actually. Yeah, because it should be the laser that is owned by Occam, really, I guess. So there should be an apostrophe S. But um, it also didn't look as good in the logos. So, yeah, fuck abbreviation. It's an artist name, man. You're allowed to do whatever you want. Yeah. What about all those people who, like, remove letters and uh, remove vowels, right? So it's just like something where you're like, what's the name of this? And it just turns out it's like, oh, the name of the band is Apartment. But like when you look at it, it's just like, mine would mine would be Kumslizer, which isn't too much worse. But Yeah, I know what you mean, though. I think uh, it's also spelling U's with V's or... Yeah, this, my, my, my yeah. favorite thing to do is whenever people do that is to pronounce it as if it's a V. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I, I won't stand for it. So, uh, I, it's one of my... <laughs> It's one of the things I just won't stand for in life. You know, a lot of people have a lot of social causes that they are very uh, concerned about. And for me, it's just like, if you're going to put a V where a U should be, I'm going to call you Tverches. All right? <laughs> That's what you get. So what would you feel about films like Fantastic, where they put like a number in the middle? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's Alien 3 as well. There was, so it's Ali- A3-lian. Yes. Seven? Yes. Seven. Yeah. Seven, Ben. Yeah, there's a bunch of those. Yeah, films seem to do it with numbers, and artists seem to do it with these. Yeah, and it's always the the four or the three. Like, those are the only ones you can really... Goddamn dead mouse. As well with the fives. Well, that's true. <laughs> hmm. Let's just uh, <laughs> let's account for all of these things. I wonder if I just type that in to the search engine. Okay, what would I type in here? Let's see if I can get some nudes. So, <laughs> movie, or do we want to do band names? Movie title with numbers for letters. There's lucky number Slevin as well. I don't Fuck, know. What a dumb title. Yeah. I hate that title so much. Yeah. Fuck, I hate that title. All right. Movies with numbers in the title. Okay. Image search. I'm scrolling down, scrolling down. Oh, I think we're not going to get any. Uh, look at that. You thought that. At least the word title has the word tit in it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Wow, this is pretty incredible. Nothing. I'm really sorry to disappoint. Well, so I mean, like I had this theory that it didn't matter what you typed in, you always got something. But um, the Scarlet Letter, it's showing me the poster to that. That's sort of racy, but it's not. Uh, it's the sort of racy where the nudity isn't worth the runtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I never actually watched it. I don't. I don't really watch. Do I watch period pieces? I don't know. I'm more into like lasers and robots. <laughs> You know there's a film called Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, but it's not robots. It's also the worst film I've ever seen, so it's not even a very good gelling of the two concepts. You know, there's lots of things like that, like Abraham Lincoln with a chainsaw or something, and it's like, yeah, Yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm a snob. But uh, (laughs) I want to move forward here. You had a bunch more things in 2015. You had an album called Judgment Day and one called Take Your Time. There's one called Power Up. This was from November 2015, and uh, and I want to listen to the song unlimited power so that's what we're gonna do
right, and that was Occam's Laser with the track Unlimited Power. And I'm here right now with Occam's Laser. How's it going? Hello. What was this album about? Do you know what? It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been half a decade since I wrote that album. <laughs> and Are you allowed to call five years half a decade? Does that- I'm doing it. <laughs> well, t- yeah, technically I'd have to wait till November, then it'd be half a decade. Yeah, that album, I think I made the artwork first and then I was was trying to think of things that could kind of work with that title and I must have watched Star Wars or something. Oh, are we talking the uh, the Emperor getting electrocuted scene? Yeah, I must have watched episode three. Wow. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. I, like, I'm not a fan of the prequels, but on, on this issue specifically, what is your interpretation of what is happening in that scene? Like, the Emperor's shooting electricity, Samuel Jackson is blocking it with his lightsaber, and I don't know if the implication is that he's def- is shooting the electricity back at him, because it's not totally clear that that's what's happening. Okay, well, you know when you accidentally find out information that you wish you didn't know? I'm sure you do this all the time. I'm sure that people tell you shit all the time that you don't want to know. Through the years, I've accidentally found snippets and bits that, like, people have been just talking at me, and I've kind of just had to absorb it. Yeah. And I know about why it's a purple crystal and how it's a slightly more dark side crystal. And that's why it was spitting back at him and and how Palpatine had like the best foresight ever. So he'd never be in a situation that he wasn't in control of because he could see into the future. Blah, blah, blah. So it's all just a setup to try and make Anakin kill another Jedi, which means he'd then have no choice that's what i said like my interpretation of the scene was he's sort of letting this happen so it makes him seem like he's in genuine trouble which makes anakin have to make the decision to yeah knock him out the window because he's like i'm dying you know it's like it's sort of a show but then i i also had heard some nerds saying that that's technically what he actually looks like yeah like the emperor and that and that his human form is a disguise yeah i i hate that there's like an extended universe that fills in the gaps and things though it's it's really annoying there's not the same thing for like indiana jones if there's a fucking problem there's a problem and it will be there forever it's not never sort of talked out of being an issue it's just a flaw in the movie making when there is gaps that need to be filled especially when they're like significant you just think you know when you make a proper film unless you're trying to be intentionally vague about stuff you should uh, have these issues dealt with in the actual movie like the newest one uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. It's got it's got a ton of like. For some reason, they keep popping up in my YouTube feed. Like Star Wars explained. Yeah, you know that last movie makes no sense. And so literally, there's like tons of videos going like, well, you know, like the these ancient weird robed people were the ones that built all those uh, star destroyers. And it's like, what do you mean? Like, did you know? Like, they never even said. Like, they were just there. Yeah, just because someone said it out loud once doesn't mean that everyone knows about it. Yeah, and especially, well, the worst part is half the time it's not even no one said it out loud. It was like you're watching <laughs> the movie and you're like, wait, what is happening? And then later on there's a novel that's like, this is the novel that explains why that guy was there in the first place and who he was and what was going on. I'm like, you know, that information would have been really useful in the film. It might have made me actually, like, care about what was going on if I... I had known any of this stuff. I like the theory that all of the snippets of knowledge that you need to find are all hidden inside George Lucas's neck, and that's why it's so thick. <laughs> it's like a pinata, like if you run up and like slap him in the neck, like answers shoot out. Yeah, they just shit out everywhere. They are they, they'll be coming out for days. That neck is the biggest neck I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, what an odd image I've just conjured now. The, uh, just, <laughs> 
Well, because I've always wondered George because, Lucas with the bats. That's made my day. Yeah, because he does have a very like meaty neck, and so I've always wondered though what its makeup is like. Like if you slap it, will it <laughs> will it jiggle around or is it solid? Do you know what I mean? I think if I think if you slapped it, it would never stop jiggling. I think the jiggles would then bounce back and then rejiggle. I think it would be like an infinite Mexican wave. I think if I was him, I would grow a beard over it. Oh no, that would be the worst because it would be like a wall of beard. No, 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 because uh, like like a Santa Claus beard. Oh no, you, you'd need a lengthy beard to cover that up. Yeah, I think that's what what scarves were invented for. Yeah, that's true. A lot of old uh, old male actors uh, get into the scarves. Yeah. The I'm sorry to sort of rag on George Lucas's neck, but it's just... If you've got that much money, if you sold your soul to Disney for billions, there's got to be someone who could sort that out. Yeah, <laughs> like, I got my four billion, now get over here and cut off my neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least it's the staple gun and some gaffer tape. Yeah, I know, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing, because it, it's just because his neck is just... There's so much like there it's 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 interesting to me but if i were him i would have grown a beard you know or maybe he's uh, just scared of surgery i mean that makes sense too true there's another another rumor that was floating around for a while that you know the guy in um return of the jedi the, the one who goes you want a wonga yes in jabba's palace i think he's affectionately called the dick neck no what's his what's his no he's got a name what's his fucking I can't remember his name. Name. hold on but it is he's like got a massive thing that he, he uses like a fleshy scarf. Jabba's Palace. I take you to Jabba now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that guy. Iwanalanga. Uh, yeah. Okay. Who's who's who in Jabba's Palace? I'll recognize his name once I fucking see it in the thing. Bib Fortuna. No, is it Bib Fortuna? Maybe. Yeah. It's a good name. It's a great name. Iwanalanga. You know what I never realized, and this is f- stupid. He is the same race. As, you know, the girl who uh, who falls in the Rancor pit? Yeah, Twi'lek, isn't she? Twi'lek? I never really acknowledged that he was the same race. It's just that he wears his stupid flap things around himself <laughs> like a scarf. Yeah, his 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 flappy bits are not happy. Yeah, because all the other Twi'leks we see, they always have their... They are fully erect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just never. Uh, I never thought about it until the other day. Someone mentioned that, and then I'm looking at him now. I'm like, oh yeah, like that. What a we- freak that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think that was supposed. That was like a joke with some of the modelers that it was mo- uh, it was uh, modeled on George Lucas at the time. So that's like a really mean dig, I think. <laughs> I'm on the the Star Wars fandom. I'm reading the biography of Bib Fortuna. I love that. Like everything in Star Wars has like a backstory. Whereas, oh yeah, at some point in the past, Bib Fortuna was found guilty of. Ex- Boarding real and was cast out of Twilight Society. Oh, poor Bib. For a guy that, like, <laughs> is in the movie for, like, four minutes and is just a weirdo. But what's weirder is that all of these things have been done since the internet was invented or, you know, popularized. The film came out way before that, so people have had to go back and fill in the blanks because someone wanted that. <laughs> someone did want that. Yeah. But I'll tell you what I want. I want to listen to more music. So we're going to move here to the year 2016. Dum dum dum. And uh, here's a track from something called Occult 86. Now you've done a bunch of these ones where you just keep changing the year, right? Like it's a series? Yeah, it's pretty much all I change is just the name. The music's the same. So this is where you sort of, uh, you get into the Satan. Would you say it started around here, I guess? Yeah, so 86 was the first occult album I did at least. And um, I thought it was just a fun idea. The idea of an occult cult who were trying to take over the world via music. I thought that was just fun. So it was a good idea to, it kind of got my juices is flowing 
creatively and uh it kind of spun out of control really and i've had i've had to actively stop myself from writing another one well let's listen to this track man this one's called seven rays by occam's laser And that was Occam's Laser with the track Seven Rays. I'm back here right now with Occam's Laser talking about Bib Fortuna. <laughs> yeah, so Seven Rays. I didn't know when I wrote that 
track that um, the name was something to do with like a suicide cult. So probably a little bit of regret on my end there. Did you just call it that randomly and then you discovered that later? Um, I may have been searching through occult terms on Google and I didn't really look up what it was Ah. referring to I just always sounded cool did you have uh, did you have safe search on I must have done I think yeah and <laughs> yeah so there's a backstory to that one <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dumbass don't mind me I just um, I just had a breakfast sandwich delivered to me I'm gonna take a bite out of it you're just trying to make me jealous um <laughs> Hang on, what does a breakfast sandwich consist of where you are. This is one from uh, Tim Horton, so it's just a, um, what the hell is this bread called? It's like a sort of breakfast little circle bread stuff, and it's got uh, an egg in there with cheese and bacon. And there's no circular sausage. Um, this one is, uh, you have a choice, right? So you either do the bacon or the sausage. Okay. Because over in the UK, we, we just do not understand sausage in the same way. <laughs> Like, to us, that would be a burger. I guess over here, we're just more concerned of what it is made of. Yeah. And so so it's not so much, uh, you know, you can have a sausage in the shape of a sausage. Yeah. Or you can have a sausage in the shape of a patty. It blows my mind. That, that's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> wish there was something more calm. I feel like your Seven Rays uh, story is a little bit more interesting. Oh, hell no. <laughs> you actually missed out um, a section of my life that I kind of... I think it was the best week of my life when I re-realized my love of Garth Marenghi. I don't know if that's ever crossed your... Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is one of my favorite shows of all time. Wow, okay. Awesome. Very rarely have I ever found a show that spoke so directly to my sense of humor. I don't think I discovered it till like 2008, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is at the time I was making this little silly web series called Alien Crisis. Okay. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, 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 it was very, you know, before I was doing the podcast, I like making little silly videos. So it's just, it's this cheap little silly thing. And, but the sense of humor, like when I discovered Dark Place, I was like, oh my God, like this thing is like, the humor of it is so, it, it's like it was made for me. Like I just loved the tone of that show. And it was before, you know, the synth wave scene existed. And in a way was doing like it was doing the 80s parody stuff better and before everyone else was doing it yeah exactly what i dislike about a lot of 80s parody is it's all surface level and the joke is like oh look how goofy this is or look how silly this is and i loved that the title sequence of garth Marenghi is like the song is actually awesome and yeah. they take it serious like it's it that to me is like it's a legitimate title sequence and the joke is just how well they do it like with the font and the music and i think a lot of the jokes really resonate um if you are someone who knows how like movies are made or yeah I, like i don't think people would get like the the wobbly sound edits and stuff like that like that's a very specific joke or having characters who speak a lot of the time with adr dialogue for no reason yeah and the fact they've had to add these things into instead of them just being there it's they've actually had to jump through more hoops to include those mistakes and things and it's great because they didn't go for the easy jokes which i love like i actually love that garth Marenghi. at no point do they they never do the boom mic joke yeah yeah that's true which is like the most overdone thing when making fun of cheap productions they never do that one they do 
one episode where like uh, Liz is talking and her voice is ADR'd and then you hear her, her, she makes a throat noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they kept it in and so you hear her say the line and you just hear like the like the throat sound and then it cuts and like just stuff like that is like so funny to me. I remember watching that when I was still in school when that aired in the UK and it was on at one in the morning. They must have just put it on just for the sake of putting it on mm-hmm. or maybe it was a rerun or something but I think I was like 12 at the time and I'd stay up every night it was on I'd watch it and it would be the best thing ever and I'd go to school and there was only one person who watched it and we would just go mad just talking over it for ages so I, I re- rediscovered it in 2015 because I um I had the DVD hanging around somewhere and I got inspired and I, I covered um, the One Track Lover by Matt Berry yeah yeah and yeah that, that was possibly it might still be one of my favourite tracks I ever made uh, and it's just because they did such a good job of recreating like an 80s sound and coming back to it being deep into synthwave at the time it seemed very strange that so many people have missed it out I think what makes it so special is like when it came out it was not trendy to do what they did yeah and that's why it's so special and they go the extra mile like the soundtrack is just perfect and the little wobbly edits again I know I say that all the time but like that's so important like just the one with Stephen Merchant like as the chef yeah that episode man when they cut to the temp I'm like hey Rick have you met the temp and then he's like (laughs) all the background audio cuts out and it's like this completely like this shot that they clearly like inserted and the background audio disappears yeah and they hang on him for ages as well and he's smiling and looking at the camera and he's framed so his head (laughs) is right at the bottom of the (laughs) it's so like jokes like that are amazing because the it's so much about like just production in general of like making shows and so like the joke is just the shot is poorly framed yeah because i've shown dark place to people who didn't get it and when people don't get that show they just don't get it at all like they just sit there and be like i don't get why this is funny i'm like I'm like, because he's framed like it's a bad shot. Like, the joke is, like, it's a shitty shot that they inserted because they never actually filmed it properly. And so they're using, like, some B-roll they found, or, like, the only shot they could use. And, like, like just stuff like that to me. Or, like, when they're in the, the line waiting for lunch. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it's got, like, the crowd of doctors. But clearly all the audio of the people waiting in line is just... Garth Morangi and the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Because it's overdubbed later, yeah. 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 And then it's just them going like, oh, I was on a chicken. Like, and it's just, (laughs) like, they're not even saying words, but it's, it's I think my my favorite joke is is when Richard Iodi's character is talking on the phone. He puts the phone down and then they cut in. They go, oh, goodbye. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that that is the key, though, isn't it? That they've made such a homage to things but they haven't picked the best bits. They've picked the worst bits, but that's just as entertaining. I like all those weird, like, where they do inserts where, like, they'll just do a bad edit and, like, uh, you know, Richard Iwade would be, like, holding something, but then when it cuts to the close-up, he's holding something else. There's yeah. this one where he, like, crushes a cup and, like, he didn't have it in his hand, but then it just does this close-up of him crushing the cup and he's just, like... But again, they don't draw attention to the jokes and that's why that show is brilliant because when shitty parody does these same kind of jokes they really direct you to cheap productions and the boom mic falls into the frame and then the boom mic hits one of the actors in the head they're making sure that you see it yeah and dude like the jokes in dark place are just there's a scene where he, he goes into the back room where the the water jugs are kept and they were too low budget to have water jugs so they're just cardboard yes, they just boxes, boxes yeah. with a picture of a water jug and then <laughs> 
And then when they get hit around, they're clearly empty boxes. Like, it's like, jokes like that are amazing to me. And the, bi- the bike chase on the actual bicycles with um, motorbike noises. I mean, again, oh, it's just... Yeah, no, the, <laughs> the reason why that one uh, spoke to me specifically is because when I was making my stupid videos, I have this catchphrase that when I was making, like, silly comedy videos with some friends, and uh, I actually used the the real clip of it at the end of some of the episodes of Real Beyond Synth where I do like Andy Last Productions and we did this action scene and I was playing like all the extras that are running in and getting shot like we're supposed to be like these elite terrorists with ski masks and this guy's shooting us and I'm playing all of the people running in and getting shot <laughs> and so to make it interesting I just kept on making different random war cries okay you know just to be like I'm a different guy now you know and putting on a voice and so at one point I run in the room and I just, <laughs> I just I'm just like and then he gets like blown away and then we just there was like this long pause as my friend was filming it and then he's just like what the fuck did you just say and then like we just started laughing because it was it was and then that became a word i throw into everything i make so like every single video i make like there's always someone who yells boonzilla beanza usually before they die or as they're dying and then with dark place there's this random cry that Noel Fielding yells yeah. in that episode. Yeah, he's, <laughs> and like they play it twice and it's the same sample. Yeah. And I just remember like that was the moment where I was just like, dude, this thing is like it's speaking to me, man. This this fucking thing. Like fucking <laughs> And then he also says it again when he's like he runs out the door and like Gulamendo, and then like he runs out and it's just this gibberish word. Oh, that episode is so stupid. Oh, I'm really glad that you've well clearly not just seen but enjoy. Oh no, it is, is like every year I like to go back and and rewatch uh, some episodes. And Christ, it's so funny. Like it's just the. F- Okay. It's aged pretty well as well because of the fact that it's trying to be sort of trashy. It's it's never going to look old because that's what it's trying to look like. You know, I, I could talk about Dark Place forever. Like I, <laughs> I, I love it. Just when the, when his buddy's just a head on the floor, <laughs> and he hits it with a spade. Yeah, oh, do it! Just do kill it. me! Do it! Do it. <laughs> ah! And yeah. then they scream for like the entire break as well. And I think they have like a. a an actual cut and then they come back and he's still oh, screaming I love this like it really hurts and it's just <laughs> fucking head on the floor it's so stupid and the, oh and then he comes back at the funeral because they've sewed him back together oh, and yeah, they have and to shoot like, him I love it <laughs> Rick that's the mother he has to take her out on the shoulder yeah oh god it's funny though because it's, it's such a short show as well there's only eight episodes I think oh maybe six is it six? Yeah, there's only six, man. But all of them are perfect. It's not like there's one week episode exactly. No, no, they're all great. The fucking Christ his Scotland speech. Oh, I love this Scottish <laughs> one. Take my life. My life is yours. And the fact that they have to have subtitles underneath. You are a true Highlander. Oh, Christ, when he uh, explains his trip to Scotland, this is like the most yeah. offensive fucking thing. It's so- oh, no, no. I'll tell you what, I've been to Scotland once. <laughs> and I can confirm that I did go into a, a fish and chip shop and there was a, a chain to the like the vinegar, so you couldn't run off with the vinegar for the chips. That's oh, just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, look, we gotta. I'll, I can nerd out about that all day. So let's uh, let's move forward and listen to some more music here. Good idea. Why don't we go to the grid? Because that's sort of like a different kind of style. Yep. Back in 2016. Yep. It's a good choice. Do you have like a favorite from the grid? Hmm. I think 
Master Control Program. It's got to be. All right, man. Well, let's fucking listen to that. This is a Master Control Program by Occam's Laser. And that was Occam's Laser with the track Master Control Program from the album The Grid. And I'm here right now with Occam's Laser. Do you know what? You're actually the only person who's pronounced my name 100% correctly. 
What does everyone else say? They go Arkham's or Oakum's or anything else, pretty much. <laughs> well, maybe they just haven't heard the, like, they don't understand that it's a play on words of another thing. Because I think, like, if maybe. you saw, like, Arkham's Razor written, I don't know if you would pronounce that. Maybe it's like, I think you've been mistaken for a few other people recently, haven't you? You, you were getting some emails about well, that's, bands that you weren't on. <laughs> that's a <laughs> No, there's just, there's a few people who, when they send me tracks, they always call me Adam. <laughs> And I, I don't bother correcting them, but the best one, yeah, I think I read the email the other uh, on one of the live shows was when they wrote thinking that FM Attack was the name of the show right. that I make Spotify playlists. They called me Ben. <laughs> Th- that email was pretty spectacular because it was like everything about it was wrong. Yeah. When yeah. someone calls me Adam, it's like, okay, it's, you know, it's a four-letter A word name. Like It's know. close. But, like, when you get everything wrong, like, you don't know the name <laughs> of the show, you don't know my name, you don't know what I do, it's, it's sort of like, why are you writing this email? Like, I've never written an email so blind in my life where... <laughs> I like I'm just shooting an email into the thing without knowledge of any of the aspects of who I'm sending it to like or why yeah. I'm sending it or who they are or what they do and it's not like your name isn't plastered everywhere <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> like it, it is amazing to me it almost has to be intentional now now people are sending me emails as a joke yeah so what they'll just be like hi Ad- Andy slash Adam slash Ben yeah yeah so I'm getting a few of those lately like just but because they heard the episode and I mean that's fine that's a that's a different thing I mean I, I sometimes get people emailing me thinking my name is Occam's. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They think I'm a 13th century priest. Well, I like also, too, that your name is Occam's, yeah. like with the S. I mean, like, that's even better. Yeah. So some people just, I, I guess they just can't see that they're just being stupid. So they think your last name is Laser? I mean, yeah, that's clearly a common name. I'm sure that if you look that up in the... <laughs> the phone book you'd find lots of lasers when the information is pretty easy to find that's when it just exposes people's laziness like i get it there's some artists who don't have their name publicly you know on on their uh, releases or whatever but i mean a lot of people you just go to Bandcamp and you just scroll down and even if they have like some alias it just says like music written and produced by fucking steve johnson or whatever and you're like yeah steve johnson is this guy right and so it's not hard to find this information it's not hard but people People are lazy. That's true. I mean, I don't consider myself particularly... What's the opposite of lazy? Proactive. Proactive. But I mean, some of this stuff is so simple. It only takes like a second. Like to be too lazy to scroll down is like a pretty amazing form of laziness. I guess when someone wants something, because that's usually when someone emails you, (laughs) they're not just saying, thanks for being awesome. It's usually, hi, you, I want this. Can you do it? (laughs) Me. I wish. I want that email. (laughs) Hi, you. I want this. Me. (laughs) But that cutting through the bullshit, that is what most people really want. If they're not going to take the time to check even your name. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, most of the time I just get sort of messages when people send me music where there's no real hello or goodbye. It's just like links. Yeah. I'm like, all right, thanks. Thanks for the links. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, here's some more. (laughs) Yeah. Heard you like links. <laughs> oh well, whatever. So now you're sort of in this thing where you've done you've done a bunch of sequels to uh, a cult, and uh, you've dipped some into the Satan, but you've also did a, a return to the Grid album this year, right? Yeah. So that came out just about a month ago. Uh, it's it's a passion project again, much like the Mad Max album I did back in 2015, the Grid in 2016, and now Return to the Grid based on Tron. I've got a deep, a deep 
love for Tron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, my son's called Flynn, so... There you go. He's going to have to love Tron whether he likes it or not. Yeah. Technically, my daughter is named after a, a video game character, although we've spelled it differently. It's not Donkey Kong. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you got it. Hang on, is it Maria? And she was named after Mario, because that would be the most subtle... Wait, but what was the other princess? You've got Peach... You got... Who's the other one? Luigi's girlfriend. Can't remember. I'd imagine she's some sort of fruit. That's how they do it, isn't it? It's Peach Daisy. Why don't they go with Plum or something? Princess Plum? I think Princess Plum... That's probably taken. But it's also like, I think you picture a more like rotund princess, if she's Princess Plum. Luigi's lanky. You need something to, you know... You gotta balance it out. him out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if you have a child, you have to name them after something you love. Otherwise, you might end up hating them. As long as, I think the only thing really that I ever judge parents for naming is if they give their kid a stupid name. I want some examples. No, you know like the kind of hippie parents who will sort of name their oh, kids like things. Moon, moonflower. Yeah, stuff like that. Well, maybe Moonflower is okay. I don't know. That's still pretty hippie. There's names that you can give kids where you're like, shit, like they're going to be teased and i know where people are very sensitive these days and stuff and you imagine like oh but they'll be fine you know you know it's a whole new world out there but it really isn't and kids are mean and so like yeah if you like name your kid enos like <laughs> you've screwed them like like why would you do it you know better as an adult you can never um fully prepare your kids for all the problems that they're gonna have but you can yeah. at least be sort of preventative like so like with our kids it's like we're not gonna dress them like assholes for example yeah right like like, there's some parents who, like, put their kids in dumb little outfits and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not saying your kid has to be, like, the top trendy kid in school or whatever, but you're saving them a hassle if you just go, like, what are the other kids doing? You know what I mean? Like, if the kid wants to stand out and dress up like a weirdo, like, that's fine if it's their choice. But as a parent, why don't we just, you know, make sure he's going to come across as, like, a normal person so that we're not we're not adding as levels of stress, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to go yeah. to school in these, like, fucking... I'm going to put you in the dungarees that I went to school in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like parents who give their kid a bowl cut or something. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you didn't like this. Sometimes there's some people who feel like there's like a rite of passage aspect. Like, yeah. I had a shitty childhood, so I'm going to make sure that you have one like mine. And it's like, why, you know, you don't have to do that. Like, I'll toughen you up. Yeah, because they're going to have their own set of problems, you know? So it's like, why add to them? Do you think that some parents maybe look up what's trending bully-wise and then force their kids to be bullied so that it toughens them up. Because I would do the opposite. I would look that up and then, go, you know, like, if it's just like, this year kids are really getting mocked for wearing blue shoes, then I would, I would as a parent, go like, let's not buy him any blue shoes. Like, that's just... Why add? You know what I mean? Like, kids have enough dumb problems to, like, to then add to it with whatever. And uh, half the time, it's like the parents projecting their own thing on the kid anyways. Yeah. So it's like, why, why do it? Yeah. Being a parent is also weird enough. Yeah. Like, there's a whole area of issues you've your brain's got to take on that you've never thought about in your entire life. Like, oh my God, I've got to look after this person, but indirectly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough. Especially when you have to get like sort of more involved. Cause I have to do that helping, you know, with homework and stuff. And it's yeah. like, it's really hard for me because I'm like, really, I'm not a good teacher. Like I could never be one. Because I have no patience. If someone doesn't learn something that makes sense to me, I cannot 
slow down to be like, all right, let's, uh, you know, explain this thoroughly. For me, it's like if I explain something and someone doesn't get it, I immediately get frustrated if I have to, like, explain again, yeah. which is why I'm glad I'm not a teacher because I'd be a really, really bad one. I think I'm probably lucky at the moment because my son's only two, so he's, like, exactly on the same level as me. <laughs> and the other bonus is that my wife is a teacher, so it's like, you can have that. Yeah, no, if she, if she can fucking handle it, like, that's great. My wife has way more patience than I have for uh, this sort of stuff. Like, I have none. I have very short fuse when I'm trying to explain concepts and things. And Now, mind you, when he gets to multiplication, that'll be good because I've forgotten all my times tables, so I'll I'll relearn <laughs> them. Just learning too. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll <laughs> practice them together because uh, I could probably use that. Look, I want to I wanna listen to more music, though, man. Okay. We're going to just jump forward here. Um, New Blood. That was from 2018. Good choice. There's a track you did uh, featuring Kid Neon. Yes. Called uh, Hemostasis. Let's listen to that.
And that was Hemostasis by Occam's Laser featuring Kid Neon. And I'm here right now with Occam's Laser. Hello. How are you? Yeah, very good. That was that was a very good pick of track. I was um I was very glad to have Kid Neon on that record. That's weird because it's it's one of my only features I think I've ever had. Yeah. I've completely kind of shied away from doing the whole feature thing, which everyone seems so infatuated with. I think maybe I'm a bit cynical with it, but I know that a lot of people, if they contact me saying wanna collaborate and all that, that they wanna springboard ahead by using my numbers or whatever it is at that time to try and get ahead of whatever numbers they've got at that, that time so if, if it's followers subscribers whatever i see that going on quite a lot and uh i guess it just kind of paints a bit of a negative twang to making collaborations fun for the most part it's probably better if you have like a nice relationship with the person first you know if you're already like friends yeah. with an artist and it's just like hey it'd be fun if we fucking you know if you both respect each other and and what you do and then go yeah. from there but yeah if it's like sort of when people come out of no place yeah you're like let's collab i know you've had a, a episode recently that might be a little bit of a hot topic with uh features, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll skirt around that you know i record this show like months in advance right so this will air hopefully after all that has um the water will be under the bridge yeah yeah we'll see it is different when it's like instrumental because i think that still falls into the category of featuring right like if you yeah. you make an instrumental track someone does a synth solo over your track and add some bits and bobs i think that's in the realm of like yeah that's featuring right like yeah i'd say like 30 percent. if you add any more than 30 percent, you're getting a bit strange but i think yeah adding like a, a solo or something like that perfect that is exactly what featuring should be yeah the universal thing that will always be true is that if you're working with someone it's always best to have almost equal footing so that both parties are happy and there's never any jealousy or any tomfoolery that goes behind the scenes and if anything i think more people should maybe use contracts i think that would help in the long run as well but it's because of drama like that's um, been going on that I tend to avoid featuring anyone because it just makes everything easier. <laughs> like if you're listening to my music, it's probably my music. <laughs> I, I mean, I have an issue too with working with people, but it's mine. Mine is a control trust issue. I don't know. I just, I just like to do as much as I can myself, even though it stresses me out because I just know, like, especially if I'm making like a video project or short film or something. Cause if it says like an Andy last film, you want it to be an Andy last film. Yeah. 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 You know, cause it's tricky when you watch, like big Hollywood movies and it's like you know like directed by Peter Jackson I'm like yes with the help of 2,000 other people you know what I mean like especially yeah. when it comes to like special effects artists and stuff it's like you know you watch the end credits of a Marvel movie or something and like the special effects section goes on for like four minutes right and there's like oh, yeah. you know 14 different special effects houses that each took different shots and at the end of the day it's still like directed by the Russo brothers I'm like yes yeah. but <laughs> you know like I would feel really weird putting my name to a thing that I knew required literally thousands of other people to yeah. make and then still at the end of the day be like it's mine i think you've hit on a good thing though because i mean it's the same reason why i make all my artwork for my albums is the fact that i'm a bit of a control freak and i'd like to like if i've got a vision of something it's hard to exactly get that in someone else's head it's too hard to sort of translate almost so i'd rather just try and make it myself and then at least if you're listening to my music and you're looking at my album artwork that is 
all mine. I hope that that kind of makes it more of a easier gelling of those two things, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, you know, if someone else does the artwork, it's still something that you okayed and commissioned, and that's fine. Yeah, I don't course. know. There's just something where it's like, wow, like that is a big part of it. The imagery, especially when it's instrumental music. Yeah, because you need to help tell the story that you're trying to make with the with the music with no lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, a very strange combination. But it's still yeah. whatever. I mean, like, yeah, so I I mean, I'm that way as well, where it's just, I just, I like to do as much as possible. And also just because I don't trust people. That's why I've never had yeah. anyone really help me edit. I think I've only done it once. And I remember just, it ended up being more work for me. You can always trust yourself though, can't you? So it's easier to just do it yourself and it'd be hard work than try and outsource it and be always worrying that it wasn't quite up to your standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then I'll just end up fucking fixing other people's mistakes. Although this year I did commission artwork for the cover, but I like that because I, I like that style, the cartoon style and stuff. I thought, I think that's cool, but it's always fun. I just like changing it up every year. I, I get caught up in doing th- just unnecessary things as well. That's my problem is like I end up putting work into stuff that doesn't matter. Like I change the cover for every episode of this show. Yeah. So like every episode has the artist name and like the episode number and like I don't think any other podcast in the world does that. Yeah, I think other podcasts are a lot more lazy. <laughs> Pretty much every other podcast, they have an image. So like if you look them up on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, like, you know, there's an image associated with their podcast, but it's the same picture for every show. Yeah. For me, for some reason, I, I make a new one for every episode and I don't think anyone knows notices <laughs> so it's like i don't I, have to I do think that it's, it's good for finding the right thing like if you are asked after a podcast with a certain artist then i think having just that little bit of text does help a lot more than if you didn't because then you'd be just having to go through every single one or guessing or i mean i, I mean i hope it's useful i don't know i mean it's it better be because it's like <laughs> it's a time out of my week every week yeah. adding the thing and this year for some reason i've chosen like a weird formatting where like the episode name and so i can never fit the artist name in that space and so i always have to find weird ways around it but um, this is dumb but that's that's the other thing isn't it it's always a case of learning so just you found something that didn't work this time so the next time you design the template for the next year's one then it'll be better than this year's although technically i had a template that was working but then i was just like "Ah, i want to change it Sometimes I get bored. Okay. <laughs> you got to keep things fresh, you know? That's your own damn fault now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, look, let's um, let's listen to another track here. Okay. Let's, uh, shit. Let's go to the fucking Occult 89. Good choice. How about that? And we're going to listen to this track called uh, Beyond Pure Reason by Occam's Laser. Oh, 
And that was Beyond Pure Reason by Occam's Laser from the album Occult 89. And I'm here right now with Occam's Laser, Tom. Hello. So that was, uh, what, the fourth sequel? How many of those have you done? Occult 86, 87, 88, 89? Yeah, so those four... And that will be it for a while, at least. I know that loads of people have been asking me, oh, are you going to do one this year? Is it going to be 90? No. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I'll do something stupid at some point. I'll, I'll do like a, a cult 2086 or something. Well, that'd be cool. Then you can merge your uh, your grid style with your... Sorry, I've got this sandwich in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, never apologize for a sandwich in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, so I think... It was a fun quadrilogy to make. Yeah, I think it's probably some of my best music. And uh, it's definitely the darker side of my music, that's for sure. So I think I needed a bit of a break when I finished that album. And that's why I went back to the the grid and made that sequel. Because it it felt like such a, a contrast that it just kick-started my brain back into gear i guess yeah yeah yeah. you had some demons to work out yeah something like that really i mean it's also i kind of ran out of demonic names for tracks yeah but hey <laughs> you know actually the funny thing about the way i work is that i i usually make demo songs so I'll, I'll sit down and make a minute's worth of music and then i'll just stop it and listen like in a couple of days time and if i listen back and it's any good it'll go in the next album and then i'll build it up to four or five minute whatever it is um and so it means i've got in front of me about 400 unfinished songs nice so if i ever died i I do hope my wife would just slowly release them and just not tell anyone that i died just name all the songs like satan number one and satan (laughs) number two and then just that's what i've had to do (laughs) that'd be awesome so all my tracks now are like 2020 track 25 but satan like it has to say satan (laughs) in the front so satan number one (laughs) <laughs> and then I've got a Word document with all names I haven't used. So if a track becomes good enough to be named, I, I like christen it. Yeah, that must be tricky too, eh? Because when you write so many songs, then it's like, shit, have I done yeah. Pentagram Matrix? Or- yeah. <laughs> Stop giving me new names. <laughs> like a pentagram Matrix actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, I'm sure someone's probably got that as an artist name, and I bet they're really edgy. Pentagram Matrix. Pentagram Matrix. Pentagram, Pentagram, Earth's False Taurus Matrix. Oh, that's probably job. Uh, pentagram, Pentacle. What's a pentacle? Maybe a pentacle is when you call the devil. Scrolling down, scrolling down. We all know what you're really looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, oh, looks like there's nothing. <laughs> sort of a risque picture of a chick, but I think it's just because she's got a tattoo. You're just after some demon strange. Oh, almost. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Jackpot. Three rows from the bottom. Why would that even be labeled Pentagram Matrix? That was just, that was just a porn shot. Like, why? <laughs> like, why would that keyword be in that shot? It's like. I also think you've just come up with like one of the best band names ever to be created and that's three from the bottom <laughs> three, three rows from the bottom even yeah three rows from the bottom that's where all the the filth resides <laughs> i think this, is, this should be like an actual game this should be like a game people play you know like drinking games or whatever yeah should be type in stuff into a search engine turn save search off and write down all the ones that don't provide you an image where there's some sort of like porn thing at the end it sounds like a kind of six separations of kevin bacon sort of thing yeah see i wonder if i type in kevin bacon what'll happen oh there'll be so many (laughs) i'm sure there's some weird shit okay kevin bacon safe search off 
Um, well, there's just pictures. There's Kevin Bacon with makeup on that someone's photoshopped. Okay. Oh, these are all just pleasant pictures of Kevin Bacon in interviews, smiling, looking serious with his wife. There's something about him I just I don't trust. <laughs> He's an interesting looking guy. Just scrolling down here, there's a... <laughs> if you found a picture of him playing a Melodyne or whatever it's called. No, uh, there's a picture of just a piece of bacon and then they've photoshopped his head on the front of it. So it's like, <laughs> he looks like a worm, but it's like... Okay. Ah, uh, nothing. Just pictures of Kevin Bacon. I think maybe what you found there is a saturation point where there's so many pictures of Kevin Bacon that it's only going to actually show you what you've searched for yeah you might be right yeah you need something way more niche yeah yeah part of the game is uh all right all right you're on tom (laughs) all right search tom go on i guarantee there'll be nothing all right hold on tom i love my boring name tom oh so there's tom cruise tom hiddleston yeah there's lots of famous toms tom hardy whatever that guy who plays the fucking kid in harry potter the bad blonde one tom oh tom holland yeah yeah there's a bunch of famous toms actually how about that no nudes though just not me hey man you just gotta keep putting out uh, 50 albums eventually you'll reach the the point where there'll be so much occam's laser that people they'll have no choice but to listen i think that is my business plan has always been i'm just the turd you can't flush (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna keep making it till you listen i like your positive attitude (laughs) how about this how about we listen to one more track you want to pick one from return to the grid and then we'll uh we'll say goodbye yeah um how about caster no from return to the grid no (laughs) no
It's not named after the wheels on trolleys, but it's named after the one of the semi-bad guys from the second Tron film. Did you like that movie? I think I do. I think it's a cool film. It hasn't aged as badly as people think. I just think they, they may have miscast a few people, but I like both films pretty much the same, really. They've, they've both got different soundtracks, but they're both amazing, and they're both fun. That's the kind of crux of it. It's um, A film can be bad, but it can be fun. Ooh, I should probably come back from the damn song. I forgot to... <clears throat> and that was Caster by Aka. Comes Laser from the album Return to the Grid. One of my favorite tracks from that album, and it is a very lengthy album, so I do apologize. Now you got 24 tracks here, man. Yeah, it's it's actually longer than the official soundtrack to the second film by quite a lot. I think it's by about half an hour. So I actually had someone message me and said that they'd listened to my new album and had uh, the second Tron film playing at the same time, and they tried to sync it up with each track, and they said it almost worked. So if I ever get enough time in the future, I will try and find some sort of bootlegged, no audio version of Tron Legacy and see if I can splice my own soundtrack on top. I remember one day I was chatting with Joe Wood and I think he had a program where you could separate the different audio channels. Okay. Because he took a clip from a movie and he took just the front, like of the surround sound, you just take the front speaker and that's just all dialogue. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so you need like a Dolby 5.1 sort of version of a film, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to remember why he did that because he sent me a really funny clip and I can't remember what the fuck it was. But it was something to do with that, like taking out the dialogue and then like subbing in some different music and sound effects and stuff so that's what we need man okay do you know I, i've been trying to think about how to do that and you've just solved it so thank you now i i don't know how to extract that information but like essentially if there's a 5.1 uh, mix place. yeah you must be able to just grab the center speaker and then um, go to town yeah i mean obviously if disney's listing i won't be doing this no they don't i'm doing i'm definitely doing it yeah <laughs> they're not a very litigious company you'll be fine no <laughs> Although their mascot does have massive ears, so you'd imagine that they are probably listening. Well, you don't have to imagine that. I mean, we're all Disney Plus subscribers. I imagine, uh, yeah, I imagine there's something in the contract that's like, uh, once you download this, uh, we own your soul. (laughs) Watch your back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll take your soul. (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, we're going to go now. But, I mean, is there anything you uh, we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Or? No, I think we covered a lot of fun bases. I like how your show is set out. I think it's more casual, and it's... I've never listened to an episode where I haven't laughed. Well, that's good. I, I was hoping you just ended the sentence there. <laughs> I've never listened to an episode, and then just... I've never listened to an episode. <laughs> the end. <laughs> but, yeah... Um, it's a, it's just a massive pleasure to be on your show. So thank you so much for having me on. Where should people go? Oh, God. Occamslaser.bandcamp.com for most of my music. Instagram, I'm Occams underscore laser. And then Twitter, some bastard forced me to have Occams underscore laser underscore. There's another Occams laser? Yeah, it's, it's you know, the Twitter accounts that just have an egg. Oh, no. They're just sitting on the account. Yeah, there's probably some people out there who just, like, scroll through all the different puns you can make. Yeah. Then just start, like, 800 accounts and hope that the person will, like, buy it off you. Yep. All right, well, look, listen, uh, it was lovely to uh, to chat with you and to meet you. You've been making music for a long time, so you're one of those people who I've I've always uh, just like, i got to have him on the show sometime, and then I, I'm not very organized, so I get distracted. But uh, Yeah, I mean, I've been waiting here for six years, yeah. but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, man, have a lovely, I guess, it's, is it evening for you now? Yeah, it's 6 p.m., so it's probably about time to bath my son. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> well, that's always fun. i got to finish eating this breakfast sandwich, and then i got to... Um, yeah. Evacuate your sandwich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
I've got a big day planned, right? I've got a lot of very important tasks. But anyway, you have a, you have a lovely evening and uh, keep on making cool music. Thank you very much. All right, and that was my chat with Occam's Laser. Uh, that was fun. There's a, <laughs> a bit about fucking George Lucas's neck. I completely forgot about that <laughs> until it was. <laughs> Anyways, hope you guys have a lovely week. Uh, thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. Uh, remember, if uh, you enjoy the show and you want to support it, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can go to beyondsynth.com, and uh, there's another donate option there, uh, which is the PayPal, which you can actually also set up a subscription with, or a one-time donation if you want to support the show. It really helps. You know, it uh, it keeps the lights on on the Beyond Synth set? No, Beyond Synth Studio. Okay, I'm done. Uh, Listen, you're all great, and I appreciate you all. Have a lovely week, and we will talk to you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Also, when the fuck does Streets of Rage 4 come out? You just keep saying soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. What's the fucking date? Consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time, 